Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome to Hour 2, Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. It's a Tuesday morning without Bill Ryder, Andrew Bogish in New York, alongside Tom DeCelestino coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. We're busy in hour number one. We stay busy here in hour number two. More on the Colts, more of D-Cell, buy or sell coming up in just a few minutes. But right now, it is college football. The new second release of the college football playoff rankings come out tonight after Georgia smacked Tennessee and Alabama and Clemson lost, among other things, over the weekend. So a lot to go through with our next guest. It's Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ, and a frequent guest on this show. Barrett, it is Andrew. As always, good to talk to you. How are you today? I'm good, Andrew. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I will do my best not to ask. Or you know what? I'm just going to ask it. Uh, is Jacob Degrom going to be an Atlanta Brave sometime soon? <laughs> and will me as a Met fan have to dislike him and them and you? Oh uh, well, I, you don't dislike me already, Andrew. No, I, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Alex Anthopoulos is going to do that. I, I think that they're comfortable they don't need to spend that kind of money on the pitching staff especially if Soroka comes back healthy so uh I I would love it but I also understand if he wants to invest elsewhere and I have all my trust in Alex Anthopoulos at this point yeah as as you should um so we'll put my baseball fears aside and we'll get to college football (laughs) uh obviously George is going to be number one tonight who should be number two in your mind Oh, it should be Ohio State. Uh, I think that last weekend against Northwestern, notwithstanding, you know, they've proven that they're a complete team and fixed their problem. You know, defensively, they've actually been really solid. If you want to make a case for Michigan, I'd hear it. I'd listen to it. I, I think that we're all, we're all sort of programmed to put Ohio State number two just because I think the upside offensively is there, and they've shown that. So that's why I would put them at number two. But in terms of consistency, Michigan is pretty darn consistent. And I think more importantly, Michigan knows its identity. And uh, they've, they've coached to that and recruited to that. So, look, I, I think it's going to be one or the other. If it's me and in my CBS 131 ballot, which went out yesterday, I, I would put Ohio State two and Michigan three, but I'll tell you, I, I debated myself on that one. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I'm usually a just win kind of guy like that. If might be ugly, might be 
unexpected the result or it's tighter than we thought. Just but if you get the win, you get the win, and that's normally good enough for me. But I but watching Ohio State Northwestern on Saturday in the bad weather that wasn't I mean it was bad, but it wasn't awful, awful, awful. I found myself more annoyed by Ohio State seeming to be bothered so much by the conditions and by Northwestern, where I normally would have just given them credit for getting the win as ugly as it was. But I found myself wanting to hold that performance against them more than I normally would have. Yeah, I understand that. But I will go on the other side, Andrew. I will say last week it was far more important if a team looked ugly than it is this week because you're going to see some variation of Georgia, uh, Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, Michigan, right? Uh, let's just take TCU, for example. The committee knocked them for digging themselves into holes consistently. After what happened last weekend and the dominoes falling all around the world of college football, that probably will be used as a positive this mm. week because they consistently do that. And so, yeah, style points, I get it with Ohio State, and I agree with you. It was, it was like they were living in a different world. Um, now, granted, 50-mile-an-hour winds and rain seems like a different world for me down in the south right Fair, now. But, yeah. uh, but, but I understand where you're coming from. I just think this week, based on the way the landscape has sort of shifted in college football, it's far less of a concern than it would have been this time last week. So let's get to TCU. Are they number four by default because they're unbeaten, or they do, do they really deserve to be in that four spot? They deserve to be in that four spot because, again, like think of what happened consistently. They dig themselves holes, and they find a way to get out of it. That is, that's our identity, and that's a mark of a champion. Not necessarily the champion, but champions have to do that. And if you look at the other teams that might be vying for that spot, Tennessee didn't dig itself out of a hole. It, in fact, it looked like it had no chance to. Now, granted, Georgia's a lot better than every other team that TCU's faced, but still, it looked like it was not able to adjust. TCU adjusts, and I think they do it in a variety of different ways, too, which is sometimes they come back through the air. We've seen Max Duggan light it up. Last week against Texas Tech, it was a ground game. It was was ground and pound. They wore Texas Tech down. So I think, yeah, TCU deserves to be there. Is it by default? I would say no, just because the teams behind them, or who we think is going to be behind them, have faults that they haven't been able to overcome, no matter who the opponent is. So uh, I think, again, it's just sort of the the shifting landscape of the season, which is why I love college football, because you can't define what makes an elite team until the season's over with, because you don't know what an elite team is until the season's over with. Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com, HQ, the entire family with us here on CBS Sports Radio, writer than you on this Tuesday morning. What's the more likely scenario when we get to the actual final official reveal that we're dealing with a one-loss Pac-12 champion Oregon or an unbeaten Big 12 champ TCU? I think the more likely scenario is a one-loss Pac-12 champion Oregon. As much as I like TCU... I think that the Big 12 is so – I wouldn't say deep in terms of elite teams, but, man, there are seven teams that can can upset anybody, and they're going to face one of them, no matter who it is, in the Big 12 championship game. That's going to be tough. I think the the gap between Oregon and everybody else is just immense in the Pac-12. If they play USC, I don't care how good Caleb Williams is. Bo Nix is going to be the better quarterback, at least in terms of this season. If they play Utah, 
I don't care how good Utah's defense is. Their offense is still sort of a, uh, a work in progress right now, and, and injuries kind of have something to do with that too. So to me, I just think it's far more likely that Oregon runs the table from here on out. And, and if it does, I think the fact that it would have reeled off 11 straight wins since that loss to, to Georgia and looked really good in the process is something that the committee is going to take uh, take into account and really view favorably. What do you think the committee does with Alabama and Clemson? Do they kind of unofficially, officially eliminate them by putting them that far down the list? No, Alabama's out. You know, two lost Alabama with losses to, you know, two teams above them that probably will not go to the SEC championship game. You know, it would take some, some wackiness specifically in the SEC, and there's just not a, not a lot of time to do that, especially considering – the weekend before Thanksgiving is Cupcake Saturday. So, uh, yeah, Alabama's out. I, I think Clemson's out, too. I'm, I'm less certain. I'm still pretty positive, but I'm less certain just because a one-loss ACC champ, if Clemson wins, it'll have a win over North Carolina, which the, the, the committee's going to view favorably. But it, it would still take a lot of dominoes for Clemson to get in. And, look, we've seen crazy stuff like that happen before, um, but – it was almost like Clemson is a paper tiger. I think we all sort of thought that going into to the final stretch of the season, and their warts got exposed. But, you know, if they, if they run the table and beat, you know, a pretty good team in the ACC championship game and, and chaos ensues around them, I could see them slipping into, like, the fourth spot. Um, if memory serves correct, Barrett, you, you don't want expansion in the college football playoff. So is this Correct. this last weekend with Alabama losing, Clemson losing, is that kind of is that fuel for your argument that um, this kind of proves that we don't need to have more than four teams involved at the end? Yeah, it does. I mean Alabama's got two losses. I don't care how talented it is. You know, that those losses count. And and like I said, the landscape of college football changes from year to year. I like that. And that's why I don't like automatic bids because we get to judge the season based on the season. I don't like, the same thing. I don't like divisions in baseball. I don't like conferences in, in football. I, I want to see the best teams regardless of geography or conference. I don't care where they come from. <laughs> um, so yeah, it does. Uh, but <laughs> Andrew, it is election day. I have conceded that, that, that race. Yeah. So to speak, <laughs> I am a politician who has said, you know what? Y'all win. I'm going to step back. You're all wrong, but I'm not going to run on that issue anymore. Well, so are you now campaigning for eight or 12? Like, how far have you gone in giving up and realizing that something is inevitable? <laughs> I'm campaigning for I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Now, we're trying to figure out, are you an Auburn grad? Yes, I went to Auburn. I grew up playing or going to Auburn games. Family went to Auburn, all that. Stuff. So as an Auburn alum, who do you want the next head coach to be? I want it to be Dion Lane or Hugh Freeze. I think a bold statement would be Dion or Lane. In Dion's case, I mean, look, Auburn's devoid of talent. If you go watch Auburn play this year, I mean, it's like JV versus varsity against halfway decent teams. Like, go back and watch the Arkansas game. Like, the size, speed, talent for Arkansas was significantly better. Dion would raid the transfer portal. He has the ability to market through NIL, um, and it would send a shockwave through the SEC. Lane would kind of do the same thing, um, and I think Lane would, would be interested. Shoe freeze, I, look, I, it, would, it would depend on if the, the powers that be at Auburn, and we all know how dysfunctional that place is, mm. uh, give him enough power. And I think they would because no matter who they pick, it's going to be the decision and it's going to be somebody 
that the boosters approve of. Brian Harson did not get boosters approval. In fact, he was viewed, and he and Alan Green, the former AD, went to choose him specifically to buck the system, so to speak. No matter who the head coach is, the, the powers that be are going to sign off on it. And if that's the case, then they're certainly more likely to give that coach more ability to run the program the way he sees fit. Everything you said about Dion makes sense. I'm fascinated in general about him being a you know high-end FBS head coach. But just specific to Auburn, and you just laid out how Ryan Harson was the out-of-the-box, buck-the-system kind of pick. Can you do that again with Dion? Because Dion would, to me, is not the same, but it's similar where there's not necessarily SEC roots, and you'd be taking a big swing on a guy that maybe doesn't translate the way we think he's going to to that level. I think that he would fit because in this day and age, he checked boxes that need to be checked that Brian Harson didn't, the, the transfer portal. Um, bringing in guys locally that can coach. You know, I think he, he did that at Jackson State, and he would do that at Auburn. Um, I, I think Carnell Williams would stay on campus, and I feel so happy for Carnell Williams for getting to be the interim coach because that dude deserves it. Uh, but he would bring in guys who, full-energy guys with ties to the South, with ties to recruiting, that understand that in this day and age you've got to sell NIL, even though you're not technically supposed to, you still sell NIL. Um, and you sell playing time, you sell whatever you need to to get players in the transfer portal. So I think that it would be – I think Auburn wants to make a bold statement. I, I don't necessarily think it knows exactly how to do that yet, and that's what the final month of the season is, is what they're going to try to sort out, is, is how do you actually go out on a limb without necessarily hurting the – future of your program how do you go on out on a limb in terms of making a splash but still have stability within your program and i think Dion would do that by the way barrett and last one what's the industry kind of opinion on brian harson right now like do people acknowledge it was just not the right fit and they won't hold us against him and he'll have a new job fairly soon or is there some hesitation about hiring him again as a head coach soon yeah he'll get a job uh, out west you know somewhere pac 12 mountain west something like that like he's um that's where ties are, and I think that he was not ready for what the SEC demanded. Uh, there's a reason that his name was tied to some vacancies last year. Not necessarily that he was being considered, but maybe he was looking for some ways to get out. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, out west, totally fine. He'll get a job, whether it be in the Pac-12, Mountain West, wherever. Um, he's still desirable. It just was a terrible, terrible fit. Barrett, as always, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Andrew. See you. That's Barrett Salih, CBS Sports. Read him, watch him, hear him in the entire CBS.com HQ Sports Radio online family. He's everywhere uh, and have a lot of fun, as always, talking to him. And, uh, yes, he's a Braves fan. I mean, everybody can't be great or perfect. And, uh, unfortunately, the Braves making life really uncomfortable for everybody else in the, at least the NL East. But we thank Barrett for some college football. And tomorrow's show, of course, will break down this new top four. So Barrett's got Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. I'd probably go Georgia, Michigan, Buckeyes, Tennessee. Uh, and I think Diesel has Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Miami. Was that, is that correct? 
Uh, it's not going so well for Mario's first year down in that. South Florida. Was it 45 to 3? Uh, yes, game? you saw that correctly. I actually, with all due respect to the Red Hawks, like I, when I first saw that, I, I had to check if that was Miami of Ohio, but it was not. They may have fared better. <laughs> Could Miami, Florida beat Miami of Ohio right now? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't really want to play them because I don't want to find out. That's fair. Uh, but you know what? At least you have that awesome flannel shirt. Custom made with Miami still has great swag. That's all I'll say. We're not winning games. Still great swag. Great swag. And again, you don't believe me, but your wife getting making a shirt for you, combining two of your loves, flannel farming shirts and the you. uh, That's true love. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I don't believe you. I I feel the sarcasm coming through your microphone. Uh, That's just. It's there by default, but I mean it. That's a really nice gift. And I do, I did feel bad because we gave you a lot of crap for the shirt, and then we found out where it came from and how you got it and why you're wearing it. It's a very nice gift. It is. It is. Um, another gift from D-Cell to you, America. Buy or sell. College basketball, NFL, NBA. I think there's some baseball in there as well. And maybe even, could it possibly be Soccer. Find out next. Buy or sell. CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Here we are, just about halfway through Hour 2, this Tuesday edition of Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder. Bill is back tomorrow in this normal spot, normal time, normal, well, not normal location. Still think he'll be on the road tomorrow, not back in L.A. at the home base just yet. But no matter what, he will be here tomorrow to take you through the college football playoff reveal last night. Whatever NFL news breaks today, maybe that's a Josh Allen Update on his injured right elbow. I'm sure there's more from the Colts. It's Tuesday. They have a game on Sunday, and we don't know who is going to call plays for them on offense. It's not going to be Jeff Saturday. We do know that Sam Ellinger remains their starting quarterback, so someone's got to tell him what to do. Uh, We don't know who that person is just yet, because don't forget, Frank Reich was calling plays. They did have an offensive coordinator by title, and both of those gentlemen are now unemployed. But enough of me, enough of that. You've been waiting for it long enough. It is time for Tuesday edition of Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. 
Lay it on me, D-Cell. All right, Andrew, you mentioned it to start the segment, so let's get right to it. This past week was a double whammy for the Buffalo Bills. They lost to the Jets, and now quarterback Josh Allen is being evaluated for a UCL injury in his throwing elbow. At this very moment, Allen's status for Buffalo's game this Sunday is in question as he'll likely be limited at practice if he practices at all. Once the Bills know more about it, we will bring it to you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Buy or sell the Buffalo Bills can afford to be without Josh Allen for any period of time. First of all, I'm going to buy your plug of our news gathering and reporting structure here at CBS. We had breaking news yesterday during buy or sell. We announced that Frank Wright, we didn't, I mean, I announced it from Adam Schefter's Twitter, but we brought that information to you. So to answer your question, sell. Sell. Because I'm leaning towards the high end here. If Josh Allen misses a couple of games, and that we still we kind of don't have any idea. I just don't love the fact that UCL and nerve issues were mentioned. He misses a couple of games. They're going to be okay. No one's going to, or multiple teams are not going to run away where the Bills can't catch up. Like two or three weeks, two or three games, even if they end up at that, you know, seven and four out of that stretch, they'll be okay. And they probably can still win the AFC East. Obviously, this is about Josh Allen. If he's out for longer than that, or can't come back at all because he needs elbow surgery, worst, 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 worst case scenario, then obviously they're done. But they can be okay short term without him. All right, let's continue here in the NFL. Earlier this morning, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones was on our affiliate 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, and Jerry has his eye on free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Someone that uh, that we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor, Uh, and uh, uh, know that uh, uh, the Cowboys star on that uh, helmet when he puts it on uh, uh, could look pretty good. Diesel, buy or sell, that audio is easy for you to obtain. Obtain. Ingest. Sell. So, uh, I, did, I did have to, you know, uh, you know, jump through hoops, so to speak. Um, I, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn and say that I found it for you. I brought it to the show. Yes. Uh, you know, no, it is, it toot, is what, toot your horn, buddy. It is what it is. Do you. Good job. Thank you. Uh, OBJ, of course, suffered a torn ACL in last year's Super Bowl. My question to you, Bogish, buy or sell OBJ signing with the Dallas Cowboys? I'm going to buy. Buy. That seems like a Beckham thing to do, right? I, I don't know if he wants to come back to the Giants. I don't know how he views the Giants versus the Cowboys. I mean, you should view Dallas a better team. Maybe the, the, the gap between them is the conversation. But I could just, Odell Beckham Jr. signing up to be on America's team seems like a decision OBJ would make. Now, he's going to have choices, appears, and we're about to have those choices really presented to him and then him making one of those picks because we assume he's going to have full medical clearance sometime soon. Then we can wonder just how impactful he could be but I feel like he's going to sign up for the biggest stage he can and the Cowboys are the Cowboys now if we view this from the perspective teams that are interested in OBJ 
What are you expecting? How much production can you get out of OBJ, who's coming off a very serious injury? Yeah. And by the way, I mean, he is getting a little older now. He's getting older. To one extent, we kind of have figured out ACLs. Like, we know now how to. It's basically like a nine-month thing to getting back into competition. But not back at full strength, full speed, full you. So, we'll be right. We're basically at nine months right now. Which is why we think, whether it's this week or next week, he's going to have the ability to be on somebody's practice field getting ready to play. You can't be signing him to save your offense. He can finish your offense. He can finish an incomplete offense. But if you're expecting him to come in and catch eight balls every week for 110 and a touchdown, I think that's asking a lot of him. All right, Andrew, let's get to some hoops here. While Kyrie Irving is still serving his suspension, Ben Simmons returned last night for the Brooklyn Nets. Simmons scored all of two points in 16 minutes off the bench for Brooklyn, and he committed three fouls. That's something that's been a problem all season for Simmons, getting into foul trouble. Simmons has committed over four fouls a game in 29 minutes played this year. Byer saw that Jacques Vaughn will be able to get the best out of Ben Simmons. Sell. Sell. Because I don't know who can. I, I, I just, I don't know. We still don't know all of the things you're dealing with when you're dealing with Ben Simmons and trying to get Ben Simmons to be the best Ben Simmons that he can be. All I know is that the one clip of the game Nets-Mavs I saw last night was Luka leaving Ben in a twisted mess on the court. So he didn't foul him because he basically made him a pretzel and went around. Now, he didn't hit the shot either. He missed the layup. But Ben Simmons with his legs crossed, basically sitting crisscross applesauce on the left wing, as Luka went to the rim, not a good sight for the Nets. All right, let's stay in the NBA here. The Milwaukee Bucks were off to a 9-0 start this season until they ran into the Atlanta Hawks last night, losing 117-98. to Giannis's numbers, they're off the charts to start this season. He's third in points per game, nearly 32 a night. He's third in rebounds, over 12 a night. And he's second in PER, nearly 34 to start the season. Fire sell that the Bucks are the best team in the league and that Giannis is the best player in the league. I'll buy it. Buy. I also want to know, I feel like you periodically ask this question in one form or the other, Giannis-specific, Bucks in general, because I, I can hear Bill answering it. Yes, Giannis is the best player on the planet. Because LeBron, in a different kind of sphere, is the best player on the planet, but... It's Giannis, and he's remarkable. And yeah, I mean, they're they're the best by almost every measure right now, and it's going to be hard. It appears at the moment. Now, the East, I think, obviously got some skill, and, you know, the Nets are the wild card of all wild cards, and maybe the Cavs are in this conversation too, but it seems like Milwaukee is the best of the best, and it's because of Giannis. Speaking of the best of the best, last night the Golden State Warriors snapped a five-game losing streak, beating the Sacramento Kings 116-113. Now the Dubs are 4-7 and seven on the year. Remember, they are the defending champs. Steph Curry dropped 47 points, shooting 7 of 12 from downtown last night. Buy or sell that you're worried about the Warriors long-term this season. Yeah, I'm going to sell this. Sell. Well, maybe I wanted to buy it. I'm conf- So I'm conflicted on the answer, D-Sale, because 
and I don't know if we, how can we possibly know this, there are clear basketball issues for them right now. As you mentioned, they're getting nothing from their bench. James Wiseman is right now basically useless. A lot of young guys who they, and there were some stories before the season, you know, the genius of the Warriors trying to be obviously coming off the title, but being kind of this weird pseudo rebuild because they've got money decisions on a couple of guys. Poole's got his extension. Draymond Clay need to get paid. And then they've got these young guys like Wiseman and Moody who they're trying to integrate on the fly and have this kind of just morphing shift eventually from the current guard to the new guard. And the new guard is not doing anything right now. I want to trust Steve Kerr to figure that out because I think Steve's as good as anybody that does this job right now. But the problem is, and what the reason for your long-term concern would be is, we just don't know how much the chemistry angle exists here. We know the basketball stuff, but is it it 80% basketball and 20% a hateful, broken locker room? Or... If it's 60% chemistry locker room and 40 basketball, then they're probably screwed for the entire year. All right, let's continue with basketball here. After 18 seasons in the NBA, soon-to-be 38-year-old Dwight Howard will continue his career in Taiwan after not signing on with an NBA team this offseason. Now, Howard is an eight-time All-NBA center, a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and was a member of the 2020 Lakers, who, of course, won the NBA Finals in the bubble. Buy yourself the narrative around Dwight Howard once he left the Orlando Magic was fair. First, I need you to do something for me, and I'm not being a pain in the butt. I need you to define the narrative surrounding Dwight Howard. So to be honest, I don't know the last time I paid a thought to Dwight Howard. So what do you what specifically are you getting at here? That he was problematic to each franchise he went to. Because remember, he bounced around a lot after he left the Magic. He did. Um, and there was always something going on. And even I mean, the ending of the Magic was was ridiculous with him and Stan Van Gundy and hugging them and firing and leaving and wanting trades. Um but that's really where, like, the last time he was in Orlando, that last season was really the last time he had that superstar aura yeah. around him. Because once he got to the Lakers and played with Kobe, it was all gone. I'm going to buy it. Buy. I'm going to buy that the narrative was fair because I think enough of it was his fault. We probably held too many things against him. He got crap for things he probably didn't deserve to get crap for, but there were things that didn't have to happen in multiple places you said that did. So yeah, I'll I'll buy it that that Dwight had too much of a hand in creating the Dwight Howard experience, so to speak. Andrew, as you know firsthand, college basketball is back and two powerhouses yeah, played their first game in decades without the faces of their program. Duke without Coach K and Villanova without Jay Wright. Now, both John Shire and Kyle Neptune got wins in their debuts last night. Buy or sell that both Duke and Villanova will remain powerhouses now that their legend head coaches have retired. Oh, I'll buy that, D-Cell. Buy. Now, you don't know this because I haven't recorded it yet, and actually this question reminds me to do it, but my sportsman is about these two gentlemen, John Shire and Kyle Neptune, because, yes, I, I worked two college basketball games last night, so I was ready for college basketball opening night. But it didn't cross my mind until this morning that we were, last night with Duke playing and Villanova playing, that we were now officially in the no-coach K, no-J right world. Now, 
The Coach K transition to Shire is old news by now. Kyle Neptune, I'm sitting here wearing a Rose Hill Gym t-shirt at Fordham, which is where Kyle Neptune coached last year. So I know Kyle just a little tiny bit, and he did a really, really, really good job at a tough place to have success. And relatively speaking about Fordham basketball, had through the roof success last year. He's got some high-end recruits that they kept at Villanova. He'll keep doing that. Shire is destroying the recruiting circuit. They've had almost no letdown post-Coach K. And Duke and Villanova now, they're just machines in general. Now, so A, the program will support the success, but B, I think these are two really talented young men that will do a good job. Now, they can't match K and Wright because that's how good those guys are, but there will be no discernible major slip at either program. All right, Andrew, let's finish up with some baseball here. Last question. I know you joked around last segment with our guest, Barrett Salee, about, I'm going to get you in your feelings here, Yeah, Jacob deGrom, the ace for the Mets, who is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Buy or sell that Jacob deGrom will sign a long-term deal with your New York Mets. Uh, I'm going to sell. Sell. And this is me just preparing myself for it. Now, the one saving grace developing is, well, there's two. I'm an adult with a wife and a family. I I would not have understood these things 10 years ago. I get them now. Playing, making your family happy, having a good family life is important, even even at the expense of success on the field. Sometimes that's a trade you just have to make. So if living in New York, he's from Florida, he's not a New York guy, he's an outside guy, he's a, you know, not to my, he's not he's not a horseback, but like he doesn't he doesn't he's not a city guy. So I get wanting to be closer to that kind of environment. And I don't think his family lives in New York full time, so I can get wanting to change that as well. The other angle is I keep hearing Texas Rangers. If he goes to some of the Texas Rangers and pitch in the AL West in somewhat obscurity, so be it. Great for him. And if Barrett Salee is taking the Braves out of the equation, I'm even more for it. But I just, I'm preparing for the disappointment, which is why I'm going to sell this. But multiple Mets keep saying that all he said all year long was that he wanted to stay. So we'll see. But it might not be fun in like, I don't know six weeks from now when he's somewhere else. I apologize for getting you all in your feelings. I mean, no, the, the feelings are there. The feelings are there. This is a this is a big one. This is a big one, and um, it's not going to be good if he's pitching for somewhere else, but I could probably get past it if he's pitching for somebody that I don't care about. It's not going to directly impact the Mets, and the Rangers are certainly on that list. If I'm not mistaken, didn't the Texas Rangers hire back uh, retired manager Bruce Bochy? Yes, he's their new manager. They've got a new front office. Um they got some stability there then. And it hasn't wasn't that long ago where they were in one World Series and an ALCS? I believe two World two Series. Two World Series, back right? To back. Right. Loss to the Cardinals, loss to the Giants. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago, even though I can't remember what happens. Uh, we've got one segment left to do. Uh, we'll stick with baseball because the offseason is now here, the World Series done, and it's not just the Grom whose future is somewhat cloudy. Um, 
maybe the most significant name this offseason is not going to move. Uh, we'll do that when we come back from a CBS Sports Radio update from Peter Schwartz. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by, it's a very sexy reading all of a sudden, sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Last night, Monday Night Football, Ravens linebacker Justin Houston put on a show, racking up two and a half sacks of Andy Dalton. The 33-year-old Houston now has eight and a half sacks on the season. There was also a pick last night. I believe he's the first Raven ever with three straight multi-sack games. And that's why Justin Houston is the Defensive Player of the Week, sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder on this Tuesday morning. Bill is back with you tomorrow. A few minutes left on the show. Let's do some requests real quick. First of all, a couple of people mentioned, sadly, that there was not a soccer question in buy or sell. We kind of cut it. Um, Peter Schwartz was here. Peter Schwartz is not as nice as me. You, I'm, I'm barely paying attention. Um, Peter, Peter needed to do his update. Tapping his feet, looking at the clock, looking at his wristwatch. Are you implying on a daily basis that we don't follow the clock on the show? I mean, I, I would say that there's some leniency in uh, clock management when it comes to buy or sell. Um, as a veteran of the 11.30 a.m. Eastern update, that very rarely starts in a 30 with a 30 at all. Who will have better clock management, us as a show, me, you, and Bill, or Jeff Saturday, who's never coached uh, anything yeah. above the high school level? No, that's a good question. It's a very good question. Um, without insulting any of us right now, we're bad at it. So there's a lot of room for <laughs> Jeff Saturday to be better than us. Maybe still bad, but better than us. Because there was a time in this network where you had to get to that bottom of the hour update, like, at 30, 32 at worst. There were emails, ultimatums. It was a very significant thing. We don't have a lot of rules around here. That was one of them. Be on time with the break. Apparently, that's no longer the case. When you get to the update, you get to the update. It could be 30. It could be 40. It could be 42 if you really want to mess with that in the afternoon. To be fair, too, you can go early if you like. Well, I mean, I can only go when the host throws to me. So I'm I'm ready to go by, like, 25 in theory, but I'm also in the in the studio for the entire summer. I could go at 11.15. I'm ready. I'm here for you. But the bottom line is you were going to ask a buy or sell question about yesterday's Champions League round of 16 draw. You got up, watched it live on the FIFA website about 6 Eastern yesterday morning. I know you did. But we had to cut it to get to Schwartz's update because Schwartz had to go. And once buy or sell is over, that's it. 
So you can't ask it now. We've got time. You want to do it tomorrow and Bill, that's fine. But yes, I'll buy that Spurs over AC Milan as a very logical choice in the round of 16. A couple other tweets coming in. Uh, I think people were upset that I didn't sell my soccer. Well, the first time I've been trying the last two to make it better. I hope that's working. Um, And Ragnar Razorback tweeted him uh, about this new Brett Favre. There's another Brett Favre terrible human being thing. I have not read all of it, but the headline is that Brett Favre was backing some kind of pharmaceutical company and they took more money than they were supposed to. I just, I don't know what to say anymore. I really don't. Um, And this has come up the last time when people were yelling that others were not covering this story enough. I, I literally don't know what to say because I've already said that he appears to be a horrible person. And other than criminal charges, which I, I don't feel qualified to speak about whether what he should be charged with, why hasn't he been charged with anything by now, like I, I'll let the legal system handle that part of it correctly, but there's nothing else to address. And it's not about like we can't cancel Brett Favre, but when we have similar conversations, it's because – you can't be the head coach anymore. You can't be the GM anymore. You should sell your team because of these horrible things. There's, For a lack of a better term, there's nothing to take away from Brett Favre. There's nothing for us to champion in terms of punishment for this. It's just another thing to put on the list of why sometimes it sucks to meet your legends, right? Like it just, whether it's personal, face-to-face, or just finding out the actual choices that they make. Brett Favre seems to be an extraordinarily disappointing person to know at this point. Because I just, the things that he's directly accused of and things that people connected to him are accused of, it's unacceptable. It's unforgivable, and it's it's just disgusting. Um, but I'm sure we'll follow up on this and know more about it as more details come out. But, um, and I think the sad part too is Diesel. I, I don't think that we're done learning these allegations and other accusations against Brett Favre, which is the saddest part of this whole thing. I mean, I, I read, I read as much as I could this morning on this story. It's deflating. You said it, it's deflating. There's no way around it. We'll talk about it, but like, like you said, what else are we supposed to say at this point? What else can we do? And, and it, it, it's never okay, but the fact, and this again involves misdirected welfare money. It's taking money from people who need it. And in Mississippi, they need it more than in most places. I mean, it, it's, there's always a victim, but some victims are worse than others, so to speak. Not that anyone ever deserves anything like this, but there's an extra level of evil when you're taking money that's designed for people who have none of it. You know, sometimes we have these schemes and it feels like there's not a victim because it's like just creating money and then you spend it the wrong way. And But this is money that's supposed to go help people live, exist. And these guys are taking it for volleyball courts and speaking engagement that they never did. And this is about getting drug companies out of debt, apparently. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just shameful. Let's get rid of that for a second. A thought or two, and do we have time for it? Dot, dot, dot. That remains my suggestion for this last segment. 
Uh, Perry Manassian, I still have not learned, and that's my fault, how to say his name, his last name correctly. He's the Angels general manager. He said yesterday that he's not trading Shohei Otani. Otani will be on their roster. He did say opening day, and I don't know if that's a misspeak or a little bit of a hint that maybe during the season we can talk about this, but Shohei Otani is only signed for next season for $30 million. And he is the most indescribable baseball player that I've ever seen because he is an elite hitter and elite pitcher at the same time. We have never seen it before. We may never see it again. And like Mike Trout, I mean, he is stuck in baseball purgatory right now with the Angels, and there is zero reason to think that Anaheim will figure this out anytime soon. Otani has already said that the end of this season was extra trying for him because he wants to win. He knows he's not getting any younger, and he's putting in extraordinary efforts, and it just doesn't matter at the end of the day because of the rest of the team and the rest of the organization. It sounds like he's going to want out, and the Anaheim Angels cannot lose. Arguably, he is the unique baseball talent right now. They cannot lose him for nothing. So when we get, he might be there on March, whatever, or April 1st, but he can't be there in the middle of the summer if they're still the Angels and they still suck and they're nowhere near the Astros or anybody else in the AL West. Uh, As always, it was fun hanging out in Bill's seat. He is back in it tomorrow. Huge thanks to Barrett Salee for checking in this morning. A big thanks to you guys for being part of the show, saying nice things on Twitter as well. Always appreciate that. And, of course, my deepest thanks to one of my best friends in the world, Tom DeCelestino. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow right than you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.